before we start, people on Twitter, they they wanted me to ask who's nosier, Jenny Sullivan, Diana Sachs, Blanca, or Detective Whitman? Those are a lot of no nosy people. <laughs> um, who's the nosiest? I mean, Sachs is the nosiest. Look at him with his phone. Every chance he gets, he's taking a photo, he's taking a video, he's sneaking up on people. He's going through my stuff. Look. <laughs> I haven't gone through any of Sax's things. So I think, yeah, he takes the cake with that. Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Today we have one of the stars of How It Goes. She portrays Jenny Sullivan, who's not nosy. Peyton Ash, Patton Ashbrook, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Are you happy with the success that Ghost is having? Oh yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, I'm I'm thrilled that the season is out there and getting to interact with the fans and just like. It's very fun on social media. I have a great time uh, just <laughs> interacting and seeing what all the funny uh, memes are all about with the show. But yeah, it's a really intense, powerful, dynamic season and it just gets crazier and crazier as it goes. So I can't wait to see how everyone reacts to it. <laughs> you know, I always ask my guest this who, who usually stars on the Power Series, but what's the best 50 Cent story that you have? I actually haven't met 50 Cent yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> he's not been there when I have been there. Um, but I hear he's amazing. Like, I was just listening to the Crew Has It podcast with Eve, um, who, who has some great 50 stories. And he's just, I don't know, he's like super knowledgeable. He did pop into some of our Zoom readings, which I guess is the, is the funniest story I could say. Like, it'll be on Zoom and there's like two people having a really intense scene and 50 wasn't there. And then he'll like pop in in the video all of a sudden. And so um, he's suddenly one of the scene members and he's just like sitting there like this while we're acting, um, which was pretty fun. But yeah, I haven't gotten the pleasure to meet him yet, personally. You know, the Power series seemed like it can go on forever and ever. Um, is there like a, a spinoff from a character that you like to see, whether it's from, you know, this power that you're on or like another one? You know, I think a backstory on the rise of the Tehachi on Rise of the Tejadas might be yeah. pretty dope. That's a great idea. I love that. Um, I always kind of wanted a Sax and Davis spinoff. I think that would be really fun. I really like their dynamic and scenes together because um, they're just both really funny and they have great chemistry together. Um, there's a part of me that would love to see like what happens to Kane event like down the line, like maybe a middle-aged Kane, like what if he's, you know, still going, like what's that like? Um, uh, but yeah, those are the two that would really excite me other than the ones that are out there already. You know, power, they have some like fanatical fans, like do people ever stop you on the street in real life and tell you to leave Tariq alone? <laughs> no, actually the, the, the reception for me has been really positive. Most of the time when I run into people, they're like, you're going to get him. You got to put him in jail. He's killing too many people. So, you know the people I've run into are like that, but definitely online, it's different. <laughs> There's a lot more like, stop putting your nose, stop being so nosy, Jenny. Um, 
which I get, you know, but I'm just, she's just trying to do her job. She's just trying to put bad guys in jail. You know, she doesn't get the nuances that we all get when we watch the show with Tariq's character. So yeah, <laughs> but it's been great. Can you talk about the evolution of your character from season one till now? And like, what direction do you see Jenny going in, you know, as, as the series go on? Yeah. I mean, uh, when I was talking to Courtney about this character, she, her, her initial impulse when she was writing Jenny is she wanted to write a character who would never lie and who would always try to, who was strictly like staying within the lines. And so that was where she started in the, in the first season. Um, and even into the second season, um, you could see that still going. And in this season, obviously she's lying constantly. So there's been a major evolution in Jenny um, and how she feels like she, what she feels like she needs to do in order to do her job and be successful at it. Um, she's still very much by the book um, she hasn't like gone outside the lines, uh, yet. And I think that would be a really interesting place for her to eventually get to just because it would be so different from where she started. But as far as this season, you do get to see the tension there of like the fact that she is so by the book in so many ways, she has very creative and clever ways of working outside of that as well as the season goes on. So she's getting there. Um, but yeah, and her evolution with like her emotional inner life is really interesting because she's often like such a cold, um, rigid sort of feeling person. Like when I'm embodying her, there's a kind of like restriction um, because she feels like she has to just keep everything so tight and keep her emotions constantly in check. Not only because she's working in, an, in a business and in a world where she's surrounded by men who can have all the emotions they want and are kind of out here going, going wild, and Jenny's just like, no, this is how, like, there's an order to how this happens and my emotions will just get in the way. And so you will get to see like that come into conflict with each other when she's unable to ignore her emotions um, because it's just, it becomes too much. You know, I asked, which law school did Jenny go to? Cause I just noticed, she looked, you know, all her cases. She went to Cornell. Oh, so I think Jenny better go get her money back. Or us. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that's that's so great about the, the show and like for her trajectory as a character, because Jenny has like almost never lost a case. So the fact that she lost the case last season and the season, like she keeps losing against these St. Patrick's or Tasha, you know. And so there's something about like, why can't I get this one right? Right. And she's just that's part of the drive. She's used to being the best at her job. And she's been, she's been foiled a couple of times at this point to no real big fault of her own, I would say, at this point. Um, but we'll see how that pans out as the season goes. You know, I think that's mostly because of sex and him being nosy. And... Too, no too nosy. Because he's nosy on both sides. At least Jenny is clearly on one side nosy for one, per like one reason, whereas Sax is nosy on all the sides. I don't know what he's doing. Will be you interesting know to see. Well, speaking of sex, that dude must have nine lives because, like, he should have been killed off since, like, the first power. He does. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. He's like a cat, you know? Like, if you're not careful, he'll sneak up on you. And then you're suddenly on videotape confessing your father's murder, and he has it. Like, in that sense, like, he's, he's, he's given the show such a great, like, overarching nemesis. <laughs> 
And his arc as a character is so interesting to me over almost, what is it, like nine, nine or 10 seasons really that he's really been in this world playing this character. Um, but yeah, it's a miracle that he's, that he's still alive. And I think that's a tribute to like his survival. Like I love when Davis said to him, I think it was the last episode, Davis says, we're the same. We both are just, we are, we're both survivors. And I think that's really true. And I think Sax is really figuring out like how far he's willing to go to survive. You know, um, in the show, Jenny mentioned that she has a CI within, you know, the Tariqs and the Tejadas organization. I know you're not going to give it away, but. Um, it's Sax. Sax um, is the CI. Oh, really? I thought it was somebody else. Like I had my eye on. Yeah, well, the only CI that I can I can talk about. I mean, look, I love all the different interpretations and ideas out there. So I don't want to like, you know, mm -hmm. but we have said pretty clearly a few times now that Sachs is her CI and that we're using his work with Davis to try to get more information about the Tejada's intrigue. But but yes, yeah, Sachs, what I can I can confirm Sachs is a CI. Which you know, um, in the first episode, you guys threw me a huge curveball. You know, episode one, when Lauren popped back up, you know, I really thought she was dead, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good. You know, yeah. um, what can we expect the rest of the way without giving it away? Yeah. As your um, CI. I mean, it gets, it's going to get messier and messier, obviously. Secrets are going to come out because not because it's power um, and it's going to get really dangerous. And I mean, what I can say, what I can speak to about Jenny's experience is, and I, I sort of touched on this, but she's someone that keeps her emotions in a little locked up box in her chest. And that includes like her relationships to people, um, including Sachs, even Blanca, even Whitman, like all the people you see her interacting with, she has a very strong point of view about, but she's got a, she's been trained to be like cool, calm and collected. And you get to see the tension between her trying to keep her emotions trapped inside of her and what ends up happening and how kind of impossible that becomes to do. Like her emotions are gonna have to come out at some point. So yeah, you get to, she goes on quite a journey this season. I can't, I can't speak too much of it, but it's really, it was really um, rewarding to play because she gets to go to places that we really haven't seen Jenny go yet. Um, so I'm excited for, for that to finally be out there. You know, um, like putting on your fortune teller's hat a little <laughs> bit, you know, power, they have a lot of toxic couples. Um, yeah. I wonder, you think who's going to be the first to break up you or Sax, Tariq and F, or Lorenzo and Oh, that's tough. I mean, Jenny would say she's not even with sex. So I think, I think that relationship is. Well, I said situation. It's a situation a little bit. It's also just, I think it might be one of the more complicated relationships on the show. I mean, Lorenzo and Monet is incredibly complicated for a multitude of reasons, obviously. Um, but with Jenny and Sax, it's like, they can't even. Like he wants to put a label on it and she's not into that. She's not even sleeping with him in this season, at least up to this point. Um, and, and that's a big part of that is because she, you know, she knows that he's putting himself in danger for her. And when you have a CI to be sleeping with the CI 
for her is like a big no-no. Again, that's like the, some, a line that she really can't cross. Um, because her feeling, cause feelings get messy, mess everything up. And she's very aware of that. Uh, and she's one of the few characters on the show, I think that are really aware of that. Um, which is why I think she vibes with Blanca so much. Um, which is, has been really fun to work with Monique. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's complicated. You know, I just have a feeling Monet and um, what's the guy's name, Lorenzo. I think they're going to be the first to um, break up whether, it's, whether it's they just go their separate ways or by death. Well, certainly when, whenever Monet finds out um, what's happened, <laughs> what Lorenzo has done, um, it definitely, there will definitely be, uh, you know, some, some tough decisions to be made on their part. Uh, I, I'm interested in where that goes. Cause I think there's still love there, even though Monet is mourning. Um, but the fact that they've stayed together through everything they've already stayed together through tells me a lot about that relationship. I think there is actually like real love. Um, but again, Monet, similarly to Jenny, it's like when the emotions get in the way of the goal, she will put those emotions aside and do what she needs to do. So I don't know, it could result in a breakup. Um, we'll just have to see. <laughs> you know, speaking of Monet, like who's the better queen pen, Monet or Rock from um, Raising Canaan? Oh, that's tough. I love what Patina is doing over there on Raising Canaan, man. She is a powerhouse. Um, it's hard to compare them. I actually think those women are really different. Um, but I, I think I think I have to go with Monet. I mean, I'm probably biased, but <laughs> I'll go with Monet for this one. I think she's just ruthless in a way. Um, and you do get to see sort of more of her maternal side in bits and pieces this season. Like, if her children are in danger, you know, we see glimmers of that. Um, and we definitely, I feel like in Raising Canaan see much more of the nurturing side from Patina. So I guess if I, yeah, if I had to pick like who was the more ruthless queen, I would probably go with Monet. You know, um, speaking of Monet, I just noticed this when I was just watching like for research purposes, I never noticed her kids, her kids never smiled when they was around her until their father came around. Yeah, it tells you a lot. I mean, she's, I think it was, what are you talking about this in an interview? How like her, what she believes her children need to do for the business um, is often in conflict with what the kids actually want, right? The fact that like Kane wanted to be the head honcho and she was like, she and Lorenzo to some extent, I mean, Lorenzo and her to some extent were like, no, he's not the one. Um, and then with Diana, like she just wanted to go to school, you know, and now her dad's just giving her a bag of drugs to sell at school. You know, it's like, she can't get out. And then Drew wanted to be an artist, you know, he's like, and, and then he had the, the hand injury, obviously, but that's, that's gone to the wayside now. He's, it seems like what I'm seeing when I watch is that that might be over for him. I mean, we'll have to see, but um, it's heartbreaking. And I think but it comes down to survival. Like Monet is doing what she thinks she needs to do to survive and to have her family survive. She ultimately wants to, them to be out of the business. She really does. But similarly to Tariq, she gets she keeps getting sucked back in to this sort of, this life. Um, and it definitely puts a wedge between her and her kids. 
you know, one one last thing about Monet and, and getting out the business, you know, I really miss Zeke on the show. I mean, that dude was one of my favorite characters. Like, like yeah, dude was funny for no reason. <laughs> yeah, he's great. We he was a great energy on the show too. It's it's. Huh? I think Courtney always talks about like how there's an innocent, you know, and when there's an innocent, usually they don't make it in this world. And Zeke was that innocent, you know little baby who, who couldn't make it he was surrounded by a lot of sharks you know this comedian on instagram he said zeke is playing for um jesus elite in heaven right now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> let's think about it that way let's go zeke's playing basketball in heaven <laughs> you know I, um, I want to thank you for joining me today you know i really enjoyed this convo um do you have any other upcoming projects in the works and like I what do, else can actually. you yeah, yeah, I do. I, I have a podcast. It's called Free Body Podcast. Um, and basically, it's I started it a few years ago. Um, it's an outlet where I get to talk to people about the relationship between them and their bodies, and why that's important and about healing and um, somatic experiencing, which is basically body body centered therapy. Um, and I, and yoga and all of that stuff. So definitely check that out. I'm sharing currently this, this current season I'm sharing is about my egg freezing process, which I went through last fall. Um, and it's, it's a subject that I think is really, really important. And I really hope that it gets to a lot of women and folks with uteruses because there's just not a ton of information out there. It's a, it, it's a very obviously private topic. And, uh, and I wasn't even sure that I was going to share it. Um, but I decided to do it because I think I'm really, I want to create community and I want to be able to share my experience and hopefully help someone else down the line. So definitely check out that podcast, Free Body Podcast. It's available everywhere you get podcasts and our Instagram uh, is at Free Body Podcast where I keep updates and I post videos and stuff, but definitely check that out. That's the main one that's going right now. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for your time. I really do appreciate you. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.